Welcome to In the Kitchen with Mary Mack. Today we're going to talk about something from my hometown here in western Pennsylvania. And the episode is called Mediterranean Delights. We are about 60 miles north of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, is the location where our podcast is recorded and where we live. And our town is unusual in that um, we have a true melting pot of immigrants from all over the world in this town, and it is represented in our restaurants, our food and our restaurants. In this town, we always say we have more restaurants per capita than any other city in the world, and I think that's true, especially we have a large Mediterranean population, Greek, Italian, Lebanese, Jewish, and then um, we have a lot of Middle Eastern neighborhoods here, Syrian, Iranian, Pakistani in our town, in addition to a large Italian population, a large Irish population, and a large German population. So we also have an insane amount of completely different family owned pizza restaurants. Oh, yes, insane. And then we have a large uh, Croatian population. Little town nearby us is largely uh, Croatian immigrants, Polish, Russian, Ukrainian and Swedish. So all around us are all these... Don't forget the Slovenians. Oh, yes. And we have a very large Slovenian population. It's really kind of neat because um, we have food festivals all the time. So that we love that part of it. Um, but there's all sorts of restaurants in our town with all these different types of food. It's, it's really fantastic because it's actually a pretty small town. And everybody's from somewhere. And I know that sounds very cliche, but it's true. Everybody's from somewhere. And it's, it's really, uh, it's been interesting growing up here. Um, I can remember in elementary school, there were kids, I mean, you, you, there were just kids from all over the world in your class. And that was always so neat. So what I'm going to do today is one of the favorite types of food that is popular in our town is uh, Mediterranean slash Middle Eastern. And we have several different ethnicities that have restaurants that serve basically the same things, but they're made just a little bit different from each other. So we have a number of um, Lebanese restaurants, Syrian restaurants, and Greek restaurants that serve uh, some of the items that I'm going to be sharing with you tonight. And they're some of our favorite things to eat. One of the things that's really popular in our town is um, lamb on the rod. And lamb is cooked over charcoal and on a rod on a skewer and served with a variety of side dishes. And uh, it's very, very popular. Just about every restaurant in our town serves that, whether it's an Italian restaurant or a Greek restaurant or a Lebanese restaurant or a Syrian restaurant. All these different people have the same thing at their restaurant, and it's a little different everywhere. And we really like that particular, we like lamb on the rod. But today we're going to do a little bit different. There's a, a thing that's called kofta, and it's basically ground lamb, that's made into, uh, it can be different shapes. A lot of places do a kofta burger. Yeah. So it can be into like a patty. It can be into like a, a meatball kind of a thing. It can be formed onto a wooden skewer and cooked on a grill. 
and it can also be made like a shish kebab where you have uh, the kofta on a skewer and it's grilled. So we're gonna what we're gonna do is kofta balls or ground lamb balls, and we really like it because it's first of all it's easy and it's just it's it's delicious. It's just delicious. Very simple to make and very very good. And um, if you've never eaten, I know a lot of parts of the country can't believe the amount of lamb that we eat here. <laughs> we, we, we eat a lot of lamb. but um, it's, it's exactly like that scene in my big, big fat Greek wedding. <laughs> you don't eat meat, I give you lamb. So, um, but we, this is a dish that we really like. We have it a lot. We have it on the holidays. So um, we're going to share it. And what I'm going to do is give you recipes for the complete meal that we would have um, when we were having the kofta balls. So here's the recipe for the kofta. It's two pounds of ground lamb. And you can you should be able to find this in your grocery store. If you can't, you can go to a regular uh, meat market and they would almost definitely have it. So two pounds of ground lamb, one egg, one tablespoon of parsley, one tablespoon of fresh minced garlic, a half tablespoon of dry granulated garlic, a half tablespoon of dry granulated onion, a fourth teaspoon of salt, one cup of plain breadcrumbs, one tablespoon of olive oil. Okay, you're going to mix this very well and keep mixing it around until everything seems to be well blended. It will, They won't get tough like sometimes meatballs and meatloaf can. It doesn't get tough, so just mix it up until it's well blended and then form it into... Balls about one inch and a half diameter, about one and a half inch diameter. And then you're going to bake those on a cookie sheet for 40 to 45 minutes at 350 degrees. And you want to keep, you want to check them probably at about 30 minutes to see if they're browning up, but it usually takes 40 to 45 minutes at 350. And you can serve these hot. What I do a lot of times is I will bake them and take them off of the uh, cookie sheet and put them into a crock pot on warm and just keep them warm with the lid on so they're ready to serve. Now, the other things that we're going to have with this meal, you can make well in advance, okay? So really, if you were going to have this uh, as a dinner or for a party or a cookout or something, you could do all the other things in advance and then actually make the kofta right uh, when you're having the cookout. What you have with this is a variety of sauces, usually plain rice, okay? So you would make rice just with salt in it and uh, a little bit on the sticky side, not that light fluffy stuff that we eat here in the United States. You want the nice rice that sticks together. And um, plain rice with it because all the other things that you're going to have with it are really great on the rice. So um, that's a good thing to serve with it on the side. Now, the other items that go with this meal are basically um, sauces to eat with the meal, except for the bread. So if you don't have a Middle Eastern bakery near you, um, you'll have to make the Syrian bread yourself. And Syrian bread is largely, if you're unfamiliar with it, a loaf of Syrian bread, a real loaf of Syrian bread, is not the thin loaves that you see uh, like a pita 
That's not what I'm talking about. A loaf of Syrian bread sort of looks like a pizza crust with no toppings on it. <laughs> yeah, it's usually about like an inch high, would you say? Yeah, and it's about a 12 inch, 10 to 12 inch in diameter. And you just tear pieces off of it to have with your meal. So if in the event that you can't find Syrian bread in your location, I have a recipe for Syrian bread. Um, and this recipe you kind of make, it's sort of like uh, individual little Syrian loaves um, that you know, they're a little bit easier to handle. And usually if you go to a Syrian or Lebanese restaurant um, around here, that's what you'll get is an individual uh, small loaf to eat with your meal. So to make your own Syrian bread, you'll need uh, three cups of flour, a half cup of water, one tablespoon of yeast, and a half teaspoon of salt. So you're going to mix all those together. And what you want to do is take your three cups of flour, mix your yeast and salt right into it, and add uh, half a cup of very warm water to that. And mix with your hands and knead well and knead this really, really well. And then you're going to let it rise in a bowl covered. Punch it down. You're going to let it rise one more time, cover it again. Punch it down again. And these rises are like a half hour to an hour rise. Okay, so this is, a, you know, you might be, I don't know, doing some other stuff around the house and you can make this. So you're going to let it rise two times, punch it down after the second rise, and you're going to divide it into 18 balls that are like equal in size, or you can divide it into six um, large balls and make larger loaves. And what you do is you, you divide it into balls and you set it on a uh, clean towel and then cover it with another towel and let it rise again for about an hour. Then to bake these, you're going to pat them flat and place them on greased pans poke them with a fork so they don't blow up like a softball and bake them at 375 for 15 to 20 minutes until they're nice and golden brown. And these are really good. You'll love them. You're going to really enjoy them. These are what you're going to eat with your whole meal here. So now you have your Syrian bread. The next thing that you'll need is hummus. Hummus is so popular right now that everyone makes fun of it and jokes about it, but it's really good. And it's very easy to make yourself. So here's a great simple recipe to make your own hummus. You'll need to get some tahini, which is usually, uh, well, it's usually in the grocery store where the ethnic food section is, if you have an ethnic food section. If not, it might be in with um, sauces and seasonings. Uh, in our grocery store, they just rearranged everything, so it's actually with the um, uh, salsa. <laughs> why? I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't find it, and I'm like, why? the tahini with the salsa. Do you, do you usually use tahini and salsa in a meal? No, but you could. So, you know. <laughs> so anyway, um, you're going to need tahini, which is a paste made out of sesame seeds. So you get uh, one can of garbanzo beans and drain that. Three tablespoons of tahini, two tablespoons of olive oil, one tablespoon of fresh lemon juice, so that would be get a lemon and cut it in half and squeeze the juice out of it to make a tablespoon, a half teaspoon of cumin, and that's optional, but I would put it in, three cloves of garlic crushed in advance of your processing, okay? And you're going to put all of these things into your food processor and process it until smooth, and that is it. If you don't have cloves of garlic, could you use the um, like 
minced garlic that's in a jar? Yes, you could definitely. And you would use one teaspoon of minced garlic in a jar, the fresh minced garlic, equals one clove. So you would use three teaspoons of the minced garlic. And then, for example, let's say you can't find tahini anywhere. We'll just leave it out. You know, it's not going to taste exactly the same, but that's all right. You may not know what it's supposed to taste like anyway, so whatever. Or you can just buy hummus and be lazy, you know, like like I often do. But when it's so easy to make, it always makes me laugh because, like, tahini is expensive, but you get a big bottle of it, so you can make a lot of things with it, you know. But it always makes me laugh because I do this myself. You know, a jar, a can of garbanzo beans, which is the main ingredient here, and you probably have everything else in your house, you know. So a can of garbanzo beans is like a dollar. But if you go and buy hummus, you're spending like four bucks for a thing of hummus, you know, and it's so easy to make. So, eh, invest in the tahini sometime and, and make your own. Okay, that's your hummus. So now you have your uh, kofta, you have your Syrian bread, and you have your hummus. Next is another thing that goes with this is a little thing called tzatziki sauce. And this is kind of a universal thing. You get it a lot at around here. Everybody has it. You get it in a little cup with your meal. And um, it's, a, it's a sauce that has cucumbers, chopped up cucumbers in it. And it's good on the bread. It's good on the meat. Um, it's good on the rice. It's just good. So... That's a delicious, it's a delicious little sauce that you can make. And you can make this ahead of time. This is a little tricky, so there's a little technique here. Um, and you want to use, uh, you want to use about total eight inches of cucumber. So if you use one of those um, big English cucumbers, you can use one of those. Or I got these cucumbers that were real thin, kind of like pickles, you know, and they're very uh, small diameter. And they worked so well because you don't want to have those big seeds and that big wet center part in your cucumber because it really makes your sauce runny. So if you have to use a bigger cucumber, take the seeds and the middle stuff out, okay, before you do this. Preferably, you would want to have a cucumber with small seeds inside. So you're going to um, need either a half of an English cucumber or about, like I said, about eight inches total of other cucumber. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous, but there's no good way to say a cucumber. Okay, um, 16 ounces or two cups of plain yogurt. It, this can be Greek yogurt, which is thicker. This can be full-fat yogurt or fat-free, and this can also be sour cream. Sour cream works fine in here. It's not as tart as yogurt, but it, it works okay if you can't find the plain yogurt. And I mean plain like unflavored, not vanilla yogurt. That is not plain yogurt. Even if you think it is, it is not. So you need the plain, the absolute plain, or like I said, sour cream or light sour cream. And if you're going to buy this yogurt, try to get yogurt that doesn't have a lot of additives in it. Um, or thickeners, just get good, regular, real yogurt. Okay, then you're going to need four cloves of garlic, minced, or four teaspoons of the minced garlic that you can buy in a jar. You'll need one tablespoon of dry dill, one and a half tablespoons of fresh squeezed lemon juice, or one teaspoon of bottled lemon juice, which is a lot stronger than regular lemon juice out of a lemon, a half teaspoon of salt, and eighth teaspoon of pepper. Now here's the tricky part, the cucumber. So what you want to do is you want to chop your cucumber in very, very small pieces. 
Okay. And then once you get your cucumber chopped, what I did, I used the, uh, a fabulous universal kitchen tool, which is called a jelly bag. And it's for straining jelly. When you're making jelly, you run the juice through the bag and it catches all the stuff. Very fine strainer. So what I did was I chopped up my cucumber. I peeled, chopped up my cucumber, put it in the jelly bag, and then I twisted it and squeezed it, twisted it and squeezed it until I squeezed as much water out as I could get out of that cucumber. Then I put it in the bowl to mix up with my other ingredients. Once you get the uh, excess water drained out, you just mix up all the ingredients, put them in a covered dish, and refrigerate because they need to sit there and absorb the flavors. And this is, you'll love this. This is good. I mean, this is, this is good on a sandwich, this stuff, so... This is a very good side dish. So this is your tzatziki. Very simple to make. I, mean, I, think it's, I think it's becoming popular or about to become popular because I've seen like 10 people with instructional videos on how to make it. And I'm like, oh, you don't have to put all that stuff in there. It's pretty, pretty simple. It's basically cucumbers and yogurt. Not too fancy. Okay, now this is the thing, the garlic sauce. Garlic sauce is kind of like, um, it's super garlicky. It's like uh, after you eat it, and if you don't uh, like to talk to people after you eat garlic, you should never talk to anyone for about two days after you have this. It's very, very good. It's one of those things you need to share it so that everyone smells like garlic and you don't feel self-conscious. <laughs> okay, so this calls for a lot of garlic in it. Um, this recipe calls for 10 cloves of garlic, and that's a lot of garlic. So if you use uh, what I did in this recipe to get a really good garlic flavor. What I like to do is I use my uh, minced garlic and I use five teaspoons of minced garlic and two and a half teaspoons of the dried granulated garlic, which is very strong. And it just, it's such a good garlicky flavor. So five cloves of garlic minced or five teaspoons of minced garlic, two and a half teaspoons of granulated dry garlic, one teaspoon of granulated dried onion, one pint of plain yogurt, again, not vanilla, plain yogurt, or sour cream, so one pint or two cups of plain yogurt or sour cream, Two tablespoons of lemon juice, and this can be um, the bottled, is fine. Two tablespoons of olive oil, and two tablespoons of pepper juice, but not hot pepper juice. You'll be having pepper juice from another thing you're making, so if you make them at the same time, you'll have your pepper juice. Now, you mix all this up. You can mix this in a food processor or a blender, and you want to mix it up until it's really well mixed, okay? And then... Put it into a container and refrigerate. And I would recommend that this uh, is refrigerated overnight because this gets better the longer it sits. It is very, very garlicky and it is very, it's so good on the meat. I mean, it's unbelievable on the meat. And you'll be safe from vampires for the rest of your days. Yes, you probably, you won't have <laughs> fleas. Ticks will probably run from you. So this is a delicious thing. The next thing is the pepper sauce, and that is also the, the uh, final item here, is the pepper sauce. Pepper sauce is so easy, but I don't know why they call it pepper sauce, because technically it's kind of like peppers and onions in olive oil. So it's, it's not really a sauce, it's more like a salad. 
So what you'll do, this is very simple. You buy a jar of pepper rings that are um, not hot. (laughs) Uh, They're the banana peppers, the regular old banana pepper rings that are not hot. And you're going to drain your pepper juice off of them, but keep it because you remember you need two tablespoons for your garlic sauce, okay? So drain all the juice off of your peppers and, you know, make sure they're well-drained. And then you can put, um, I usually, when I make this, I usually use the same jar. So dump your pepper rings into a bowl and then you're going to add one teaspoon of minced garlic or one clove of garlic minced, two medium onions chopped into bigger dice, so not real finely diced, but bigger pieces, and then you're going to mix those up and return them to the jar that the peppers were in. If they don't fit, put them in a bigger jar. Once you put them into the jar, you're going to pour olive oil back in there, okay? So now that you've taken off the pepper juice, now they're just in olive oil. And then you're going to let that sit at least overnight. And that is your pepper sauce. And it is phenomenal on your bread and on your rice. So here's how you serve your meal. You bake your uh, lamb balls. And when you serve your lamb balls, you get two or three lamb balls, a piece of Syrian bread, some rice, some pepper relish, some hummus, some garlic sauce, and some tzatziki sauce, all on your plate, all these little things. And you dip everything into everything. It's just, that's how you eat it. You just eat it with your hands, and you dip everything into everything, and it is delicious. And I know, I mean, we love it. So, and we're kind of picky, so. (laughs) We really enjoy this. So I hope you'll give this recipe a try, because it might be something that's completely foreign to your area. And actually, it's so funny. It's completely foreign to people that live 60 miles from us, have never had these things until they come to our little town, our little tiny town up here with all the restaurants you know, you never have to wait in line for a restaurant here because we have so many of them. It's true. I think everyone runs a restaurant here. Like, there are no other businesses except fireworks. It seems like it. You have fireworks or a restaurant. Fireworks, restaurants. Yep. Yep. It's not even that many bars. It's just, you know, mostly restaurants. Yeah. We love to eat. We love to eat here in Newcastle. And we enjoy our Middle Eastern food, and we love our various ethnic neighbors that are all around us. We're all ethnic here. That's what's really funny. Everybody here is like I said, everybody is from somewhere else. So um, it's been, it's just such a wonderful town to live in. And especially if we like pizza, hot dogs, and all sorts of other ethnic foods that turn up in the pizza and hot dog shops. It's so funny, you know. It's true. There, there, <laughs> there is a hot dog shop that also has like really good gyros. Yeah. And then there's the, there's the uh, Italian restaurant that has the, um, tour of Athens plate that you can get. So <laughs> we just love it. But it's, a, it's, um, this is, this is so, it's so good. And I'm going to try to find more recipes like this, um, from our region because it just occurred, it occurred to me a couple weeks ago that we have so many things here that, the, that you don't find anywhere else. And people started telling me that, do you have this or do you have that? You know, yeah, we don't have that. We've never heard of that. What is that? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to try to have some of our regional recipes like, we had a podcast recently with our strawberry pretzel jello, which is kind of a Midwestern sort of a thing, I guess. But 
It's very popular in this part of the country. So that was one of the ones we did. We're going to do a few more. So I hope you give the uh, kofta balls a try and the tzatziki and garlic sauce and pepper sauce and hummus and Syrian bread. Give those things a try and let me know what you think. And I hope you enjoy them. And I know you will if you make them. Make sure to check us out online on Facebook and Instagram at Merrimack Bakehouse and on Twitter at Merrimack Mixes and on our website, MerrimackPodcast.com. Thanks a lot for listening if you did. And if you didn't, too bad for you.